Happy New Year. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, the first Sunday of this new liturgical year in which our gospel lessons will come primarily from the gospel of Mark rather than from Matthew as they did this past year. In the liturgical year, the beginning of a new year has this in common with the end of a year. That is, at both the end and the beginning, we look to the future, to Jesus' return. Both are times of preparation that we observe, not least because if you're anything like me, it is easy to forget or disbelieve that Jesus will return, that we are expecting him back. We assume from one year to the next that he won't be back this year or next and we're then tempted to live like he won't. Like we're characters in Samuel Beckett's play Waiting for Godot in which Godot never shows up. Such waiting year after year can lower our expectations of God. Left to ourselves, we might easily stop expecting God to deliver on his promises, to live as if God did not exist. And that is why, among other reasons, we follow a liturgical calendar, to remind us to expect God, to live ready for Jesus' return, to get us oriented to God's salvation history so that we can live awake. I remember from my childhood, my grandfather, who suffered from dementia, asking me repeatedly, what time is it? Advent reminds us what time it is. These times are the end times, time for watchful waiting. Which is not to say that time will end tomorrow. But Jesus has come, the potter has become clay, our sin has been put to death with Jesus on the cross, and death has been defeated. Jesus has lived among us as one of us, has died, risen, and ascended into heaven, and has given us the Holy Spirit. He has told us to expect his return, and though we don't know just when that will happen, we are to live ready for it. And that means living thankfully, joyfully, and generously. It means living hopefully, despite the presence of evil in the world and in ourselves. It means not giving in to despair, despite the bad news about which we hear daily on our phones or see on TV. It means adopting an attitude of hopeful anticipation rather than cynical impatience toward Jesus' return. Think how preparing for a happy occasion like Christmas can be as much fun as the event itself. The lights and the darkness as the days grow shorter, the music, the parties, the planning for time with family and friends, the advent calendars, the caroling, the manger scenes, the decorating, the reading of a Christmas carol, the warmth permeating a season of cold, and goodwill to men. These are not things to resent just because Christmas hasn't come yet, and neither is our waiting for Jesus' return. The time that we have to prepare is in itself a gift, even as we anticipate his advent. 
The apostles and the churches that they founded in the first century looked forward to Jesus' return, much as we do. In 2 Peter chapter 3, the apostle writes, This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Wow, was that really written 2,000 years ago? It could be written today. Don't we sometimes feel that very same way? And this is how Peter continues, as we'll hear again in next week's epistle lesson. He says, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Therefore, he concludes, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. What a timely reminder that we aren't waiting for God so much as God is waiting for us to come on board. As we heard last week from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And as we look forward to Jesus' return, God entrusts us with the light of the gospel to participate in his mission of bringing that light to the dark corners of his world. Friends and fellow impatient anticipators, behold, now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. Let us put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, let us commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the left hand and for the for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. What a blessing it is to be alive in this season of hope and anticipation, to know what time it is and to be given time to act on it to enter with joy upon the contemplation of those mighty acts whereby God has given us life and immortality, who in Jesus Christ took on our human lot, becoming one of us as a vulnerable child. 
This is indeed a time to watch, to work, and to wait. Not in desperation, but in hope. Not anxious, but at peace. Not resigned, but with joy. Not apathetic, but with love for our world, which God so loves. It is a great time to be alive, for God has come to dwell with us.